Welcome back to Rockhound Radio, your podcast for gaming and then everything and anything in between. From ghosts and ghouls to Bigfoot to horror myths to Pokemon to D&D, we got it all here. Thanks for tuning in. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the new intro. I actually reached out, had the intro commissioned from an artist on Fiverr. That's if you guys ever need anything as far as like a logo or maybe just something for your business, whether or maybe not even need it for your business, check out Fiverr. And this isn't like them. Um, like I'm not getting promoted to say this. I've just had two instances where I've had to reach out and contact artists. One was for the logo that I've used, and I've often thought about getting like another logo drawn up. I mean, that'll always be the show logo, but I meant like, like I thought about like maybe having a little avatar done, and I don't know, I got some ideas rolling around in my head, but I reached out last week and had a intro. I told the guy what I wanted very loosely. I was looking for like a lo-fi instrumental type thing, and then he sent me two things. The one I really, really wasn't a fan of, and but the one that you guys just heard was, yeah, completely just completely fresh. This is the first episode it's been featured on, and I actually recorded over it for the intro, so I felt pretty proud of myself. Had to, uh, I'm getting better at this whole podcasting thing, but we're not here to talk about all the techie stuff. We are here to talk about Assassin's Creed Mirage. Now... I'm going to just tell you right now, you guys are going to get sick of me saying it in the videos. I just love this game. Um, since I watched the, like, but the night that I bought it, which was funny, I watched the trailer on PlayStation Network, or yeah, PlayStation Network, on the PlayStation Store, and instantly I was like, yep, I'm, I got to get this. And I downloaded it, and then I didn't even play it for like two days because I was waiting. I was like, I got the perfect opportunity coming up, and I really want to... Uh, I really want to sit down and put some hours into it. Well, I ended up playing the intro, which was the video that you see today. I played it like in an, like in one evening. I think it was like just about an hour long, maybe a little bit over an hour. I don't remember now. But yeah, I played the intro and I was like, man, this is good. Like before I, get, I delve into like the story, I just kind of give you my experience um, because I have the second part. Well, yeah, part two will be coming out Thursday, and we're going to talk about my favorite part in that whole entire video. But uh, yeah, it was <clears throat> God. It's such. It's just such a beautiful, good game. And then we'll also talk about some uh, some shit that happened in Baldur's Gate when I was playing as my barbarian. Plus, we'll get an update on all the Pokemon stuff we got going on in Fire Red. So. <clears throat> It has been a week, a challenging, well, not really a challenging week because I, uh, for right now, I have like a month or probably two months worth of Assassin's Creed footage recorded. I've got like nine hours or it's probably more. I mean, I've got like 12 hours in the game, so I probably got about 12 hours recorded or so to, <clears throat> with every, you know, every other show running a little bit over an hour or whatever it may be. But yeah, we started off this brand new adventure and you start in Baghdad. And to my understanding of the timeline, let's look this up actually. That way we have a actual point of reference, um, because this game kind of threw out or threw a wrench into the loop. I don't want the chronological order on how to play it. So let's see here. I want the game, the chronological of the game. Anyway, while I find that, we'll just talk about. Timeline explained and released in chronological order. Maybe this is it. 
so let's see here. Odyssey, Origins, Mirage. So it's saying <clears throat> Mirage takes place right before Valhalla, I believe, is how that goes. But the the hidden ones that are actually the assassins in this game, um, I think what it is, and I could be wrong, don't quote me on this because my Assassin's Creed knowledge is very subpar. What it is, I'm going to have to bring Cameron on because he's like a fucking Assassin's Creed guru. But to my understanding and the conversation we had at D&D last week is that the hidden ones that you are playing as in Mirage eventually become the assassins. They're like the hidden ones. That's what the assassins were before they were the assassins or whatever. Yeah, I got that all messed up. But yeah, it happened. The timeline of this game is right before Valhalla or a few however long before Valhalla or something. I'm pretty sure. But uh, anyway, you start as basically like a, just kind of like a low commoner, man. You're just like a street thief, kind of, I don't want to say like scumbag, but like, you know, you're robbing coins, robbing the market and doing these jobs for this guy who is in contact with, you know, the hidden ones that were not the order. God, well, don't mix us two up the uh, in contact with the hidden ones. And you start like telling this guy like, ah, you know, I need more jobs, I need more jobs. And he kind of blows you off and. You know, there's a there's a chick that you run around with. You know, it's probably somebody you grew up with. Or I didn't really, unless I just missed it or I don't remember. I don't really remember any extensive backstory between those two. But you're you know you're running the streets together. So you get wind of this job from one of the hidden ones, which I, I can't think of her name. I'm really bad with names, especially on games, man. I think her name is Roshan, um, which is like which is one of the hidden ones that's been involved with uh, your like merchant, your contact, and you know he's like the middleman or whatever. And you catch wind about this job, and there's like a chest, and there's something in this chest that the you know these these fucking this dark order and the like these evil people are gonna be. You can you know what I mean? You just catch wind of some shifty shit. So what do you do as a aspiring young thief? You're like, oh, man, I know what to do. I'm just going to rush in there. Well, you know, this is how I'll prove my worthiness to essentially it's a, essentially a guild um, is the, like the best reference I can. Or the best thing I can use as a reference is like it being the assassins or like a guild or the hidden ones or whatever it is. You know what I mean? They're very it's very guild like because of some of the things that you have to do to be a part of this. So you rush in headstrong after this, you know, I mean, you're trying to sneak in, catch and see what's going on with these hidden ones, and you see a chest. <clears throat> and basically the hidden ones drop this chest off to, I don't know if he's, I can't remember if he's like a prince or the king, or maybe he's, I think he's a prince. And the prince is like, ooh, you know, dare I look into this thing? And the hidden guys, I mean, you know, these guys are like all decked out, black robes. They got these fucking cool ass masks on. And they're like, no, you mustn't look in there. You know, basically like, no, you can, you got to hold this, hoard this shit for us, but you can't look at it. And you catch wind of this conversation. I guess I keep saying catch wind and I don't know why, but you hear this conversation because you're right there. You see this exchange happen and you see the chest on the ground. The hidden ones leave all these masked guys. They kind of fuck off and leave the room. And then the prince leaves the room. Well, you get the bright idea. You're like, Oh, I'm going to go over there. And you know, how are we going to get the chest out? Well, let's open it. So your character Bassem, 
smashes the lock off the chest, goes to open it, and it's like a disc. Well, he picks this disc up, and it's like a stone disc, and it kind of like lights up, and it like shows him something. Like it shows him this figures, and he kind of like freaks out and drops it. And I forget what he said it was. It's, I mean, for me, game time, it's been like 12 hours ago since, not like 12 hours, literal since, but 12 hours in the game, or game, yeah, I don't even know why I'm trying to, um, it's been a while, so I forget exactly what Basim said, but it, he like made a reference to like seeing something, like seeing himself do something. I don't remember exactly. I'll have to look it up, but uh, yeah, we'll have to retcon that at some point. But you grab a hold of that object, and then like you kind of chuck it because you start freaking out, and then about the same time, the prince comes back and he's like, "Oh, put that down!" and you know, then the, then the thing fucking breaks out. Like, then there's a fight. And he grabs a hold of you and has you, like, up against the wall. And all of a sudden, the chick that you were with, she kind of, like, gets, you know, I'll back it up just a hair real quick. She kind of gets mad at you for wanting to, like, prove yourself to this guild. So she kind of, like, snubs you. And then when you say, like, oh, you know, I got this big job, she's, like, all in. She's, like, oh, hell yeah, you know, I'll help now. Well, while you're being held up against the wall, she comes out of nowhere with a fucking sword and just buries it like in the prince's neck and just fucking kills a dude. <clears throat> well, and when that happens, uh, she like steps away, right? And then like you say something and she bolts out the door. And as soon as she bolts out the door, here comes his son, the prince's son around the corner and sees you pretty much with your arms on, on the dead prince. And, you know, he's dead now. So instantly he's like, oh, fuck, this guy killed my dad. So like red alert, dude, shit starts happening. And you grab, I think you grab the object. I'm pretty sure you grab it. Uh, it would make it would make sense if you didn't. But you snag that thing and you get the hell out of there. And you find Roshan and she pretty much is like, which she's, like I said, she's like a guild member. She's an assassin or hidden one or whatever you want to call her. And which is honestly... Out of all the characters in the game, she's probably shaping up to be one of my favorites just because I don't know, she's like real cut and dry, man. And you'll find you'll figure that out more once you watch the, the footage or once we get a little more farther into the episode. But uh, she escorts you out of town, and whenever you break free of like the introduction, you find yourself like it, like tra it, like time travels, and you're like you fall out of the ether more or less into the water. And where you're swimming at and where you spawn at the end of the first video um, is where it's like a little camp for the, the assassins. So I will say what a fantastic intro to the game. I mean, it was you got to learn the mechanic, you, you know, it, it hit everything. You got to learn the mechanics. You got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then you get like a big climactic fucking action thing to happen to kick off the game. Um, I did not expect her to like kill the prince. And I was just like, it just fucking so happened. As soon as she killed the prince, his son walked in and then sees you. And yeah, it was just <clears throat> very, very good. I loved it. I'm only going to talk about the second episode a little bit because I don't want to spoil anything uh, too much I, I, as far as like the story goes. Um, I guess I don't really I wouldn't really spoil nothing. Anyway, the video won't be out till Thursday, but we'll get we'll talk about it a little bit here. That way it gives you guys something to look forward to in the video. So when you get there, you're like part of the, I wouldn't say you're part of the guild, but like they kind of, they're like, Oh shit, you know, something happened with him. We need to bring him in. 
so you start training with the the hidden ones and at some point like you do a few little things like back and forth you know climb here climb that little fetch quest stuff and then at the at the end of this like little fetch quest run around you get this fucking badass cutscene and what it is, is it's like a cutscene of your training, like as you're getting better, like you do a little bit of the training and it's a little bit more like combat focused. It's like, OK, here's how you use a sword. But then like at the end of all this, you get this um, this cutscene and like the one is you cut your you have to cut your finger off, which it's your ring finger on your left hand, I'm pretty sure. And they make you cut your finger off, which I didn't. I looked this up in one of the videos like way later in the series because I just really didn't think about it. Um, they cut their finger off because one, it pledged a lot of like loyalty to the guild. And two, it was to allow the hidden blade to be more useful and to come out more naturally um, to make it look more natural. So, you know, all about being stealth and hidden and fucking taking people out with nobody noticing. But yeah, I thought that was really cool. But yeah, it shows like him cutting his finger off and then it shows like a time warp of training. And then it's just a really, really cool transition. Like, I don't think they, it could have got any better. I think honestly, aside from taking out a couple of the hidden bosses or like the not or yeah, the order or whatever, like in some later episodes, the first two episodes that I recorded for this have been my favorite just because it's a cool, cool transition, a lot of cool gameplay. And honestly, like the, uh, what do you want to call it? J just the graphics in the game in general. Um, it's fantastic. Like after you finish up your training and become like part of the, part of the hidden ones, you take off to go back to the city that you fled from. And it's like this another, like once again, it's like another cinematic time warp and you're traveling across the desert and your camel with, uh, I think it's like Roche. I'm pretty sure her name is Roshan, but yeah, it's just a, it's a fucking cool ass, just a cool ass game. And I'm very happy that I started recording for it. As you guys can probably tell, it sounds like I probably sound a hell of a lot more happier talking about this than I did when I was recording Baldur's Gate, man. Now I can just record Baldur's Gate and have fun or play it and then talk about it for the podcast. Kind of like a weekly update thing. And I think that's best for that game because you can get so much time invested in it. But uh, speaking of, yeah, speaking about, speaking of investing time in a lot in a game, we all know what happened last week with my Pokemon Fire Red extravaganza and needing to restart my save to restart this whole Pokedex journey over again. Well, I have been playing, I, pl I played a little, quite a bit over the weekend, but I am getting pretty dang far in this game. So currently I am at, I got $119,000, which is a lot of money because I've been using the amulet coin that I traded over for my other save, um, which if you didn't know, an amulet coin in a Pokemon game doubles your prize money at the end of a battle. I currently have 73 Pokemon in the decks with 15 hours, 52 minutes, and I have four gym badges. So I have been grinding on the decks quite a bit. And I made the choice to level a couple Pokemon up so I didn't really have to worry about them later. So before I fought Lieutenant Surge, I took my Ivasaur into Diglett Cave. He was level like 21, I think, or 20. And I trained it up on wild diglets and dug trios until it hit level 28. I fed it four rare candies so I could get my Venusaur for the Pokedex. Because I'm not going to use Venusaur. I have, we'll do like a little check-in 
like a level. We'll do a level check for the, our Pokemon and go from there. The, uh, yeah, let's see here. We, okay, God, I, I don't have my glasses on, so I'm about fucking blind. Uh, we have level 34, Mrs. Oak, Weeping Bell. And this, this Pokemon's a tank, dude. I'm keeping it a Weeping Bell to level 42 so it can learn Razor Leaf. But yeah, it's got Stun Spore. It's got Growth, Vine Whip, Acid. Really good move setup. I'm going to swap out Acid for Sludge Bomb um, and Vine Whip for Razor Leaf. And I think that'll complete the move set for this. At least I'm thinking. Maybe I'll... I don't know, because my stats are pretty damn good. We'll see what the stats look like on Victory Bell before I make any big moves. I at least want to have uh, Razor Leaf. So then coming in at level 36, we have Willy the Charizard. And what a, just what a good Pokemon, man. Good stats. Flamethrower, Wing Attack, Metal Claw, Fly. I will probably swap out. I might just keep him my Flyer. I haven't really decided yet, because I'll have a couple Flying-type Pokemon. Uh, we have CERN, the Dragonair, level 34, set up with Rap, Slam, Thunder Wave, and Dragon Rage, which pretty, that's pretty much it until you level Dragon, until you level Dragonair up to Dragonite, you really don't get a whole lot of moves. Uh, we have Mayhales, Blastoise, level 36, Surf, Bite, Tackle, Bubble, which I'll eventually have probably Ice Beam for sure. Um, possibility of having Earthquake, which wouldn't really make sense. Yeah, well, what I guess. I don't know, as far as type coverage. Then we have our level 32 Venusaur, which is Dadkilla. And I, I'm, I'm using all these names from my favorite D&D podcast, Dungeons & Daddies. So if you're wondering where I got all these kind of funny names, they're all characters from my favorite podcast show. Um... Yeah, he's he's our HM friend. Like we're not you really using him for battle. We're just kind of using him to get around. He's got cut, flash. When we've haven't really well, we haven't gotten strength yet. I just got fly last night, um, and I just had to get. I, I had to actually. Oh, well, well, we'll go through that journey. And then we have Al, my level forty-two Alakazam, which knows Psybeam, Psychic, Recover, and Teleport. What a good ass Pokemon! You just can't beat an Alakazam, and it's got a neutral. Um, yeah, it's got a neutral nature, so it's just all around. It's just really good. You don't have any. You're not taking any ten percent down on anything. About the only thing that wouldn't really matter is, like, if he had the perf in a perfect world, he'd be modest nature, which would boost your special attack and decrease your regular attack. But anyway, super good Pokemon. I believe that I'm going to get on Cameron's Game Boy and catch myself a Cubone and then trade a Cubone over as my last Pokemon on the team. Just because I think it'd be fun to have a ground type. I rarely ever use a ground type and I've never used Marowak. And I don't know. I think it'd be a fun Pokemon to use. Uh, but yeah, so my journey last night consisted of me getting all the way through like the self-scope, the Pokemon Tower, the rocket thing without stopping to get the bike back in Vermilion. So I was like, fuck, dude, I don't have the bike or not Vermilion, Cerulean. I was like, well, I don't have the bike. So which I guess I could have, I, I guess I'm just kind of dumb because I was like, oh, well, I need fly to get there. And I had already been through Saffron City. Yeah. 
Saffron City, Saffron City. So I could have just went north and popped right, popped my ass right into fucking Saroyan City. But no, my dumbass thought it was necessary to evolve, like take my level 31 Charmeleon, hit all the trainers in between Lavender and Saffron that I skipped earlier in the game, and evolve him to Charizard. I was like, well, I got to get Charizard, and then I can go get Fly, and then I can fly to Saroyan to get the bike. God, do you ever like do anything in your life and then look back on it like the day after, you know, whether it's like gaming or a project or something you would just whatever. And you look back and then you're like, damn, what are you what are you doing, dummy? I do that quite a bit, especially in Pokemon, because, you know, like I said, I've been grinding out all these Pokemon and then I'm like, fuck, dude. Uh, um, like, oh, I can just catch that one. I've been playing the game of like, can I just catch these at a later time in the game so I don't have to evolve them? And that's kind of where I'm at. The only one that I really have to, there's only a handful of Pokemon that I absolutely have to evolve. And a lot of those that are like that, I've already gotten because after two resets and 4,000 trades, I finally got the Pokemon save where I could get all the fucking Pokemon and not have to worry. Well, at least the the original Kanto, the 150. And like I said, I'm not going to battle the Elite Four until I have all 150 Pokemon. Because I can complete the decks up until that point besides Mewtwo before the Elite Four. And then after the Elite Four, I will go and catch Mewtwo. And fucking boom, it'll be a wrap. And then I'll move on to another Pokemon game. Because I'm sick in the head and I can't stop playing them. Because uh, no matter what, dude, especially like the older games, I could just throw, you know, I've talked about this a thousand times. I can take my Game Boy downstairs and play and just, I don't know, man. It's just the perfect little, the perfect little console. I wish that we would, like Nintendo would like bring back the Game Boy Advances and just what they need to do. And God, I feel like I should be working for Nintendo or Pokemon Company. I feel like the perfect thing to do is to create, like, they've, you've got all these, like, shitty fuck not shitty, because I don't have one, I guess. I've seen a lot of good videos on them. But you have all these ROM, ROMs out there, and you have all these, uh, you can get on Amazon and buy, like, the retro gaming all-in-one, or whatever it may be. To me, it would be smartest to create a small handheld that could take Game Boy Color games and Game Boy Advance games, but also have a library... Of just all the Pokemon games, dude. You know how much I would kill for a, a like a Nintendo legit handheld that had all the old games on it or had access to the old games, but you could still play and trade even if it was like the it'd be like a virtual console deal with uh, that they did on the 3DS. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I would kill for shit like that because I play my Game Boy Advance all the time, dude. I play Fire Red on a cart. Like, I've been, if you guys have been checking out the TikTok or if you're on the TikTok, you'll see where I've been posting some videos and you'll see my old, good old trusty Game Boy Advance SP. I love that freaking thing, man. Um, I love them. I've had, a, I've had several, well, I've had this one for several years now and I've been, I've been waiting to find a really good lot with some Game Boy Advances, some DSs and things, things like that, because these things are, they're, they're priceless, man. I had a lot of fun playing on this when I was a kid and I think that's what like makes me want to keep playing it is because I just remember being on the bus or I don't know, just 
brings back all those memories of like when I started playing Pokemon and like we you know this is back when you I had the cord and you would trade on the bus to get this Pokemon or, or battle or do whatever and uh, that was a, that was a big reason that I wanted to start the show in the first place was because I have such great fond memories with several friends my wife included all, all my friends really we've all you know at some point we've all played either a tabletop game or a video game or whatever it could be dice you know Monopoly whatever and I just I always loved the feeling that I got when you could sit down with your friends or your family and you know geek out or have your game night or do whatever and uh, I don't know it just always means a lot to me so it like harbors a lot of memory for me um it's just a just a really cool thing and there's a little fact about me i'm a big sucker for games and gaming with whoever friends and you know god i'd i'd shameful for me to say how many hours i played call of duty and things like that with my friends and then Fortnite and uh what was that oh yeah god switch sports who could forget the switch sports i have so much i have such a big ass fucking memory card full of insane golf shots that i have and from switch sports for me and my brother-in-law and Cameron and oh yeah so yeah maybe eventually if you guys are interested in that if you guys want to see a like a fucking if you guys want to see like an ESPN covered uh like switch sports video let me know and uh that'll be something that I can try and whip up together but yeah until next time guys that has and we don't have enough time for Baldur's Gate today cuz I don't know I just I got some notes wrote down well I'll give you a quick little, we'll do like a fucking two minute recap of Baldur's Gate for last week. So you guys remember I talked about starting as a new save. I started as a dwarf barbarian and my barbarian fucking just kills shit. I go rage mode, kill a bunch of people. I'm rolling around with Carlac and Shadowheart and um, Will and I don't really care much for Will. I think I'm going to swap them out. I just haven't found anybody yet. Um, I made it all the way to the goblin camp, but before I made it to the goblin camp, uh, you like hit the first set of goblins, right? And he's like, eh, yeah, there's a, there's shit on the ground and you're going to smear it on your face. And I was like, I'm definitely not going to smear that fucking shit on my face, dude. Like it's, it's not happening, but I failed to check for something else. And he's like, get down there, pick that shit up and wipe it on your face. And I was like, dude, no. And I intimidated him, right? And I was like, fucking eat it, bro. And I, my, the check was for a 15 and I rolled a 23. So, well, yeah. And I crushed the, I crushed the check and he like got down. It didn't show it obviously, but he like got down on his hands and knees and he's like, and he's like eating the shit. Right. And I was just losing my mind. Like this fucking game is insane that was a one minute recap that was about the best thing that happened in Baldur's Gate for me in the last week but I really haven't played much so yeah I think I'm well retcon that I actually went in all the way deep into the goblin camp saw like the big hobgoblin dude that's like you know fucking big dick in it or whatever and I was like yeah I know it'd be fun if I just started a major ass fight and I hit him did no damage a thousand people entered initiative and then it was over so yeah, welcome to Baldur's Gate, everybody. It's a shit show always. But yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. Hopefully you guys like the the new intro and all that good stuff, man. You enjoyed the show. Hopefully you're enjoying the videos. Tune in because we are going to be doing two episodes of Assassin's Creed every week. You'll get your videos on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And you can find always find your podcast episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. So thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow the show anywhere you follow your podcast. And you can find me or follow me anywhere you 
follow the show. YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, we're all over the place. Just uh, tune in wherever you are. Tell your friends all about it, and you never know. Send something into the show, and we'll even talk about it. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. I'll see you on the next one.